Exodus chapter 6, verse number 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, somebody say strong hand. Strong. Uh -huh. With a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I've also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groanings of the people, the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. Father, we hear you today. We hear you. You're saying to us that you are the Lord. The Lord of all. The Lord of the universe. The Lord of heaven and earth. But I wonder today, are you Lord in our hearts? Are you Lord in our lives? Lord in our homes? I pray that after today, this would be so. We wouldn't just know you as Savior, as a healer. We would make you Lord. Speak to us now through your word, and we give you thanks, and we give you praise as we pray it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen. Have you ever felt like nobody cared? I see some heads nodding. Have you ever felt like God didn't care? You can be honest today. In fact, in fact, I, I recommend it. <laughs> you ever felt like God didn't care? When my dad woke me up at the age of 14 on September the 2nd, he had, a, he had a tremble in his voice. And he said, Steve, I, I didn't hear her. I jumped to my feet. He was speaking of my mother. My mother, who had epilepsy after the, the birth of my little sister, that whole birthing process triggered seizures in my mother. She didn't have seizures before it, but when, when Beth was delivered, mom had a seizure. 
she had seizures until she died. And I saw over time these seizures take hold of my mother. And they begin to escalate to a point of unbelief. If you've ever seen somebody have an epileptic seizure, it's, it's no fun to watch. And my mother's grew to the most severe, the grand mal stage of seizures. And they would just take hold of her and just throw her off of the couch or throw her out of the bed. Typically, my dad would, would sense my mother having a seizure, it coming on her, and he would just reach over and, and hold her until the seizure would subside or lift, just kind of ride it out. Nothing you could really do. Tried to keep her safe from hitting her head or biting her tongue. But this particular night, Dad said, Steve, I did not hear her. He began to cry. I jumped to my feet and I ran down the hall to see my mother laying on the floor. The seizure had thrown her head and shoulders to the floor and her feet were still up on the bed. My dad had taken her feet and put, put them down on the floor. Of course, we called the ambulance and the ambulance arrives and we're thinking, well, the paramedics, the doctors, the hospital, they'll, they'll do something. They'll make her better. We get to the hospital and my uncle comes in after visiting with the doctors. And we said, well, what, what's, how's mom? And he said, oh, kids, I thought you already knew. I thought you already understood. Your mother is, is gone. Your mother's dead. And I thought to myself, how could God let this happen? I mean, my mother was the most perfect woman God ever made. <laughs> right? How many have a mother like that, right? You have a wife like that, maybe. I don't know. Husband, you should have raised your hand right there. But for me, my mother, you know, she was, she was amazing. She loved God. She was faithful to the church. And God let her die. What kind of God does that? I thought he didn't like me. I thought he didn't care for me. The most hurtful event of my life bar none, still can conjure up some bit of pain, I'll be honest with you. I still don't have all the answers as to why God let my mother die. I think when I get to heaven, I'll ask him, but I know once I get to heaven, it won't matter. Do you all have this list that when you get to heaven, you're going to ask God, God, what about this? God, what about that? Well, go ahead and make your list, but when you get there, it won't matter. I'm just planning on going to heaven. I still have questions, Andre. I still don't have all the answers. But I know today that God does care for me. I know that he cared for me in that moment. He may have cared for me more in that moment than 
I have ever really known. And I know this. God has used that situation, that hurtful and dark period of my life, probably more than any other chapter of my life. I've been, I've been able to tell people. Many of you have already heard this testimony. You've been part of this church. You've heard it many times. Well, please understand that if God prompts me to say it again, I'll, I will say it again. I vowed to God that I'll, I'll testify of how he's healed me, of how he's rescued me, how he's used this situation with my mother. It's my testimony. I must tell it. But I found out that God does care for me. And I want you to hear something today. God cares for you. In your darkest day, God cares. When you're going through situations that you don't understand, that you don't think it's fair, trust in God. He cares for you. God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh wrestled with God verbally for a little while, tried to talk his way out of it. You can't talk God out of something, by the way. But in the end, I want you to hear this, in the end, God will still allow you to choose whether you will let God use you or not. God may speak to you and say, I want you to move to California. Isn't that the most insane thing God ever said to you, Pastor Dave and Sonny? Right? I thought so. It was like moving to Africa. It was so far away from my family. I was scared to death, didn't know anybody here. Well, two people. We knew. God likes to open up a window and show you a glimpse of something and get you right on the edge with fear and trepidation, saying, God, I don't know if I can do this. But with you, I'm going to go for it. Michelle, just take a deep breath, sis, and just say, God, with you, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. God called Moses. Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Finally, Moses agrees. Of course, what does God do? God hardens Pharaoh's heart. <laughs> God called Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And you'd think that God had been working on Pharaoh to, to soften his heart. But God, the Bible says he hardened his heart. Sometimes things get more difficult before the deliverance comes. Sometimes things get harder before the easy comes. Here, God, you see, God said that he was going to deliver his people. Whatever God says, know this, God means it. You can count on the promises of God. You can, you can bank on the promises of God. And here God is renewing and reassuring that what I said I meant, and now I'm going to say it again for anybody who may not have heard me clearly. I am going to deliver my people. Why? Because he cares. It's a simple message today, church. It's two words. God cares. God cares. God sees us in our time of trouble, and God cares about our time of trouble. 
take down just a few notes. Five things that I want you to understand today concerning what God cares about. Number one, God cares about our burdens. God cares about our burdens. Verse number six. Are we having trouble with our screens? Well, how many are tired of our screens being down? How tired are you? Cough up some money and let's get some new projectors. Come on, God could speak to somebody right now to write off the expense of two new projectors and two new screens. I'm tired of you not being able to see the, the worship and the message every week. But I need your help to get it done. I'm not taking up a special offering right now. But I'm saying if God speaks to you, please be obedient and write a fat check and I'll have this done for you in no time. I promise you. Verse number six. Here we go. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. Watch this. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. What a promise. What a powerful, powerful word from God. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Remember, the Egyptians were the enemy. Although they, they kind of liked the enemy at, at times, they even wanted to go back to the enemy. The Egyptians were the enemy, and they had burdened God's people. But God gave a promise to them in hurting times. God saw the burden of his people, and I want you to understand today that God still sees the burden of his people. What are you burdened with right now? What is heavy on you right now? What are the cares and concerns that keep you from truly being all that God has called you to be? The enemy hasn't changed either. We know that God hasn't changed, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and everybody said amen and hallelujah, amen. But you better know the enemy's the same, and he's been watching you. He's been taking notes on you. He knows just how to burden you. When Moses called for their freedom and said, God told me to tell you to let his people go. Do you know what Pharaoh did? Pharaoh just said, oh, well, okay. No, he didn't do that. He said, Psh, here's what I think of your God. His people are still going to have to do the work. Their work was they had to make bricks. Now, before Moses said, God told me to tell you to let my people go, Pharaoh supplied the people with the materials needed to make the bricks. Wasn't that nice of Pharaoh? But now he said, Pete, here's what I think of your God. Your people, his people, are still going to have to make bricks, only I'm not giving them any supply. So they had to go and, and find scraps, stubble, anywhere they could. And they still had to make the same quota of bricks and if they didn't do that the taskmasters who loved to get the whips out would get the whips out and they would crack the whip over the backs of the people they would beat them because they didn't have the amount of bricks but the people were saying well we don't have the supplies and they were saying we don't care Pharaoh said so be because the word of God came the burden increased 
Now, God said he was going to deliver them from the burden, bring them out from it. But before he brought them out, there was this last push from the enemy to increase the burden. That's where most people break. That's where most people just say, you can have it. And they just give up, Rose. They just give up. God, why'd you let my mom die? That wasn't right. That wasn't fair. Why'd you let my husband die? Right? But we're not going to throw in the towel. We're not going to give up. The enemy will try to increase the burden just before the deliverance, just before God brings the freedom. You hold on. You stay steady. You keep faithful. They had to just keep faithful, keep making the pricks. Believing that somehow, some way, someday, God was going to do what he said he would do. He said, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. He said it then. He says it now. Why? God cares about our burdens. God cares about our bondage. Number two, if you're taking notes. God cares about our burdens. God cares about our bondage. Back to our text. He goes on to say, and... I will rescue you from their bondage. There is a clear difference between burdens and bondage. Burdens are concerns. They are the woes and the cares. They're the problems of life. Bondage is another story. Bondage is another level. Bondage is control by a person or a substance. What controls you today? What is in control of you today? It's astounding. The death grip that alcohol has on our society. And it's bondage, folks. It's clear bondage. It destroys, it kills. Most people can't handle alcohol, drugs. Does it blow anybody else's mind that several of our states have actually legalized marijuana? Are, are you stunned or are you just, eh? I don't even think we, I don't even think it shocks us, Karen. It should shock us. And buckle your seatbelt because it's just going to increase. I'm telling you right now, it will increase so rapidly, it will cause our heads to spin. The demise of our great, great country because of bondage. I want to do drugs, our society says, and I don't care the results. In fact, I want you to change the laws so I can do it. It's, it just blows my mind. And so we change our laws so our society can... It, it, it's mind-blowing, right? Yeah. It's not just me. It can't just be me. Bondage. People love bondage. God freed his people. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but he, he, you know the end of the story. He did free them. And they got a little bit hot. They got a little bit hungry. They got a little bit thirsty. And you know what? 
They said, I want bondage again. Chain me up. Drag me back. At least I could eat. They wanted bondage again. They wanted to go back to bondage. Our churches are filled with people. I'm not just talking about unbelievers. Of course, unbelievers like bondage. They like sin. There's some pleasure in sin, of course. But God has delivered us, and God has forgiven us of our sins, and now he calls us to live a holy life, a righteous life. We're, we, we can't long for Egypt, long for bondage. What controls you? Lust? Pornography? So many of our men are imprisoned because of lust that is unbridled and uncontrolled. And so they find an outlet on the world wide web. And pornography has enslaved so many of our men. It's not exclusive to men, but it's the, the, the ratio is so high. There's, there's very few women that have issue with this, but many, many men are controlled and bound by pornography. God wants to free you today, guys. He has the keys, and he says, I'm willing to open the door for you. But you like the bondage. You'll be honest. See, if you'll, if you'll let God free you, he'll, he'll substitute that longing and that craving. You need a miracle. You really do. And I believe God can free you from your bondage today. You need safeguards. Karen, I've, I've asked my wife to put safeguards on our home computer. Of course, my office computer, all office computers, have a filtered wall. Um, my iPad computer, my phone computer, you know, we're just computer crazy, aren't we? So there's every little avenue. Guys, make sure that they're safeguards. I don't care who you are and how spiritual you are and how strong you think you are. There's a real enemy that in a time of weakness comes in. He's looking for that right opportunity. So if you have safeguards built in, that's one, at least one way that you can fight off against that. I don't want you to be enslaved anymore. Come and talk to me. Pull me aside privately. If you're struggling, I know we're not, we're not airing everybody's laundry today. But I want you to know that God cares about your bondage. But unless you come to him and say, God, I'm bound and I want to be free, you've got to expose the darkness and let the light of God's love shine on that darkness. And then darkness is expelled. But as long as we keep it under wraps and keep it under, under the darkness, under a cloak, then the enemy thrives. Men, you've got to hear this today. God wants to free you. What controls you? Anger that leads to hatred, that leads to bitterness, a temper that is out of control, fear that keeps you bound and in prison. Just as God delivered his people from bondage then, God can deliver his people from bondage today. Do it today, God. Do it today, God.
God cares about your burdens. God cares about your bondage. God cares, number three, about our freedom. God cares about our freedom. Verse 6 goes on to say, And I will redeem you or free you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Aren't you thankful for the long arm of God? We talk about the long arm of the law and how far-reaching the, the long arm of the law is. But I'm telling you, the arm of God is so far-reaching. And he says here, with an outstretched arm, he will free us. He will redeem us. God devised a plan for their freedom. The Passover lamb would free them. The blood of the Passover lamb, when applied to the door, this indicated obedience to God's instructions. And then as the death angel would pass through the town, if there was blood on the doorpost, the death angel would pass by and that house would be redeemed. That house would be free. God devised another plan a little over 2,000 years ago for the redemption of mankind and he offered the ultimate Passover lamb. He offered the sacrificial lamb. God offered his son Jesus and Jesus stretched his arm out on the old rugged cross and he gave his life and he shed his blood so that those who were lost could be found, those who were blind could see, those who could not hear. All at once, after the blood has been applied, they could hear and I'm thankful today for the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody, give God praise today for the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood so we could be free. And when we apply the blood of Jesus to the door of our heart, hallelujah, he redeems us and he frees us. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver, like gold, from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your father, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish, as a lamb without spot. Jesus came to free you today because God cares about your freedom. God cares, number four, about your fellowship. Our fellowship. He said in verse number seven, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. What a thought. That God himself wanted to commune one-on-one -on -one with his people. God would have fellowship with them. He would be their God. And he would make it clear that he was their God by giving them assurance of his presence. How do you know that God is with you? Well, they would say, look up in the sky. Because God is leading us. He's leading us where we should go. It was a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day. Well, then the sun goes down. How do you know God is, is with you? They said, oh, well, just look up in the sky at night. Because God, to assure them of his presence and that fellowship that he wanted with them, there was a pillar of fire by night. So God's presence would guide them. God's presence would lead them. And this was the assurance that he was with them. Because God wanted fellowship with them, he would also provide for them. They got hungry. What did God do? He sent manna or bread from heaven 
they still were hungry and they complained about the provision of God, if you can even imagine. God sent quail, gave them some meat. Then they said, well, how are we going to wash this down, God? We're thirsty now. What did God do? He caused water to come forth from a rock. God heard them. He was their God. Even in the complaining, the grumbling, the negativity, God still showed himself as a God that would be with them, leading them, providing for them. That amazes me. He's, 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 he was their God. Can you say today with full assurance, he's my God? How many, can, I see a lot of heads nodding. How many would just raise a hand as a testimony and say, I, I know that he's my God. He may not be everybody else's God. See, he gives us a choice whether we will follow him, whether we will accept him or not. But I made up my mind. I made up my choice. I decided that I'm going to follow Jesus. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to follow him. He is my God. And I know that he is with me every day. Do you know how you can have an assurance that God is with you every day? He sent his spirit. See, God's presence was made manifest and known through this pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. But he's really not doing that now. Not that he couldn't. But he's something even more powerful, if you ask me. He said, I'm going to give you a gift. Jesus said, I'm leaving. The disciples got nervous and they said, what do you mean you're leaving? He said, don't get nervous. Don't worry. I've got to leave so God can give you a gift. And the gift was God's presence, God's spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all, let, let me preach just a little bit on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And we here at La Palma Christian Center believe in an immersion of the Spirit or a baptism. You see, we had a water baptism today, and, and they got completely wet because we don't sprinkle here. Right. We believe in total immersion. Right. Woo, you're going to get all wet. That's the same thought pattern with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a complete immersion and surrender to the Holy Spirit of God saturated and filled to overflowing and the Spirit of God is in us the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit you're housing the presence of God and so Every day we have this assurance, he's my God. I know that he's my God because his spirit is living on the inside of me. I know that he is, he is my God because I asked him this morning if he would fill me with himself as I emptied me of myself. And so then, Mitch, I carry this commodity everywhere I go. I'm full of God, full of the Spirit of God. I'm carrying His healing to people who are diseased. I'm carrying a Savior to people who are lost. I have an assurance today that He is my God and I have fellowship with Him. He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me that I am His own. Hallelujah. 
Aren't you glad that you have fellowship with Jesus? Hey, hallelujah! One more thing that I want you to understand before we close this out. Pastor Moses, come push me with some music behind me. God cares about our burdens. God cares about our bondage. What was number three? Help me here. God, you are listening. I like that. He cares about our freedom. He cares about our fellowship. Number five, God cares about our future. He cares about our future. Look at this scripture, verse 8. He said, I will bring you into the land which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. God had already been at work, not just planning the great escape, the great exodus, right? The whole, we have a whole book named after this event, Exodus. Genesis, Exodus. It's all about this event. The great escape. They exited from bondage. God had been working on, on the delivery portion, but God had already been working ahead on where they'd go. Because God cared about their future. Now those knuckleheads wandered around in the desert for 40 years because they griped and complained and, and were negative. Boy, there's a message for the church today. I don't have time to preach it, but there's a message right there for the church today. Why do we struggle the way we do? Why do we keep circling around the same mountain with frustration? Maybe it's because of our grumbling and because of our complaining and because of our negativity. God's over here saying, I've got this all prepared for you, but you keep spinning around that mountain and won't forgive somebody and keep tearing down the leadership. I'm ready to move on into the future that God has for me. Haven't you been in the wilderness long enough? Haven't you been thirsty and hungry long enough? I mean, what God has prepared in the future is so amazing. It's so vast. It took two men to carry a cluster of grapes. Hallelujah. Woo. A land flowing with milk and honey. A land of abundance. A land of prosperity. Now, there were giants in the land, of course. There always will be. But giants die, Pastor Moses. Oh, y'all could have shouted right there. Giants die. Giants fall. <laughs> God has your future in mind. I'm talking about right here on earth, first of all. God has a wonderful path for you. He cares about your future. He doesn't want you struggling over and over and over. Same burden, same bondage. It's time for you to move into the future that God has for you. The earthly future that God has for you. You ought to be living the abundant life right here on earth. God has an earthly future prepared, yes. But it gets so much better. It's so much bigger than just an earthly future because our God looks way, way ahead for our future. And he has an eternal future that he's prepared for those 
who will accept his son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there you have it. I just came to tell you, God cares. I want you to bow your heads today. I've kept you a little past 12, I'm sorry. But you'll thank me later because the restaurant will be cleared out. We let all the Baptists and Methodists get there first and then we Pentecostals come in on the second rush. Not really. Listen, I, I don't care if we get out at 11 if God said everything he wanted to say. I, I really don't. I don't want to belabor anything, but I know that God was in this room today. I know that God's power was displayed in this room today. And God did amazing things here today. Isn't that what church is all about? I want to get a hold of him. I want him to get a hold of me. I want him to touch me. Speak to me through his word. Is there anyone here, you're ready to really just surrender to God and ask Jesus to come in fully and be your savior? Ask Jesus to come in and forgive you of all your wrong, all your mistakes, all your failures. If you're here today and you would like to accept God's gift of everlasting life by accepting his son Jesus, I want you to throw your hand in the air and let me pray for you. Amen? Yes? Is there anyone else? Doesn't matter your background. You feel the Holy Spirit drawing you and speaking to you today. It doesn't matter if you're a guest here today. I believe God brought you here. The challenge is coming to you. Is Jesus truly Lord? Have you asked him to be your savior? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Anyone else? Come on and lift your hand right now. Amen. Amen. Come on. Today's the day. Today's the day. I, I, feel, I feel the Holy Spirit really dealing with two or three people. And if you feel that as well, I want you to move out from where you are and come and stand right here. We're going to lead you in a prayer. And we are going to seal this moment. That's right. Come on, ask somebody close to you. Tell them, say, I'll go with you if you'd like. Ask them, are you ready? Have you accepted? Everybody ask somebody. I don't care who you're sitting by. Ask them. Amen. God brought you here today, sis. There's no doubt in my mind. Come here, Sonny. Come here, Butler. Come here, Michelle. Come on, there's two more that should move out and just seal this moment. You just seal this moment. Whether it's the first time you prayed this prayer or you're recommitting, that's fine. But it's the moment right now. It is the moment. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Creighton, Pastor Dave. Anybody else? Come on, take courage and just step out in faith. Take a deep breath and say, here I go. We all had to do that at one point, didn't we? All of us, really, all of us. Are you ready? Let me pray one more prayer for the folks as they're praying with, with these today. Wow, I love, I love seeing the young people come up to the altar. Don't you love that? Are there burdens in your life, problems, cares, concern that are just weighing you down and you'd like God to lift those off of you? 
If that's you, lift your hand right now. That's right. The burdens are being lifted today, Bonnie. The burdens are being lifted today, Lori. Come on, the burdens. God is lifting the burdens. If there's any, if you've got your hand lifted, I want you to stand. The people who are praying that God would lift the burdens, I want you to stand right now. Hallelujah. Because God is doing this right now. Come on and lift up your hands and just say, God, help me today. God, I need your help today. These burdens are just too heavy for me, God. I can't carry this anymore. I need your help. I need your intervention. Hallelujah. God, reach out your, your arm. Outstretch your arm, your long and strong arm, your powerful arm, God. And break the bonds. Break the barriers, Lord. Lift the burdens. If you feel that you're in bondage and you would like to be free from bondage, no matter what it is, get up on your feet right now. And I believe God is going to, God is going to free you today. Let your pride come down. Risk being vulnerable today. But let God free you. You don't want to be in bondage another day. You certainly don't want to live the rest of your earthly life in bondage. Not when God has this amazing future for you already. Hallelujah. It's already planned out for you. We come against the enemy today in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. And we pray that every addiction be broken. Hallelujah. God free us today. Free us of substance addictions, pornography and lust, God. Anger issues, Lord. Unforgiveness, God. It, it imprisons us. And we ask that today, by your strong and mighty arm, we would be free. We would be free. Thank you, Jesus. Redeemer, my healer, Lord. Almighty, come on, everybody, stand. Defender, yeah, yeah, my yeah. Savior, oh, Almighty, yeah, yeah. Redeemer, Hallelujah. my healer. Oh. Thank you. 